I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. Okay, today's episode of the Foyne Jones Show. It's coming live and direct from Crowborough in East Sussex. Welcome to the show, Oliver Agate, the Britlayers mate. Hello, everybody. I mean, what's that name? That's, that's fantastic in itself, isn't it? Like Oliver, Oliver Agate, the Britlayers mate. I mean, like, you know... <laughs> Right, okay, Ollie, so as you know in the Foy and Jones show, we have lots of fun, we have a conversation, and we're going to try and get our listeners and social media connections to learn all about you. So that, that involves what you're doing now, but I think we're going to go back and sort of learn about you as a person and, and where, you, where your career started, because, you know, without giving too much away, you're a builder's merchant boy like me at heart, aren't you? Very much so. Yeah, so so people know my story. You know, it's um, it, it it's it's from a market stall and football terraces to to a builder's merchant and then into recruitment. But you started at a very young age, didn't you? I did. Yes, I started at um, Parker Building Supplies at the age of fifteen. At the age of fifteen, yeah, very young. Should you have been at school then? I born late August, so I was always the youngest in the school year. But um, no, I finished my finished my GCSEs on a Thursday. Started working for Parkers on the Monday. My dad sort of told me parents I didn't want to um, go to college, didn't want to go to university. So my mum picked up a copy, uh, copy of the um, Friday ad, put it on front of me when I got home one evening and said, you better find yourself a job then. Um, so went up the local library, typed out a CV with what you can at 15 years old and went and had an interview at Parker's to be the T-boy at head office. It's amazing how it starts, mate. I remember um, I went to college and i just finished college um, and I walked down North End Road and walked into a job centre. Like, you know, literally take the card off, you know, yeah, sat yeah. down, sat down with a lady and I said, oh, what's this? And he said, oh, it's four hours a day. It's a builder's merchant near Chelsea Harbour. You know, she rang him up. She said, I'll oh, just pop down there later. Pop down there later. Didn't escape for nine and three quarter years at Travis Perkins. So uh, it can happen that way. But but let's, let's go back to that time. So it's so a 15 year old boy. You're walking into, you're coming out of education. You're walking into a, a builder's merchant, I guess in the good old days of merchants. Him. Yeah, I think so. Certainly from an independent point of view as my only real experience of any corporate world it was a uh, it was definitely a good time to work there um, and, and certainly start from the bottom and begin my journey from there really what branch was you in mate so I started out at um, Parker's head office yeah as the sort of junior doing all sorts of everything you know one of my early jobs was cabling setting up new depots uh, did a lot of work on the systems that sort of thing but very quickly <clears throat> moved from head office to the Uckfield branch hmm. I was sort of taken aside by one of the seniors and asked, would I like to go and work behind a trade counter a couple of days a week? Um, and picked that up really quickly. And that was sort of mm. what I most enjoy and probably to this day is my, my favourite experience working on a trade counter is something. I love the I counter. Think, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I remember when I, when, um, when they did that to me at Travis in Fulham and um, I got, just sort of, I didn't last very long in the yard. That was too much <laughs> work, mate. I mean, I mean they, they, they had the 100 weight bags of cement then. I mean, that, was, that wasn't <laughs> pleasant for me. But I remember, um, I remember going on the trade counter. I'm like, what? So I can just stand there all day Sell stuff, talk to people about football. I mean, this this is a dream come true. And, um, and being from that area really helped as well because I had connections with, with the builders and the, the tradesmen that come in. Exactly. Because yeah, because so you you live near here, don't you? This is like East Sussex, East Sussex is home for you. Isn't it? Very much so. Yeah, I was I was born and raised in West Sussex, but as a young Callum's boy, from West Sussex. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, sort of spent many years living in Uckfield, working in Uckfield made sense. Mm. Um, 
my old man was a bricklayer. Uh, my mum went to school with most of the most of the uh, most of the builders locally anyway, so everyone sort of knew who I was yeah. from the outset. And like I say, it, it was just stood behind the counter, chatting to people all day. It's amazing how far personality, friendly smile, and just just Very just awesome. asking the question can get you, yep. can't it? Mm-hmm. So so let's so let's talk about you. So so let's talk about you sort you sort yourself now. So so you you you're in park you're in Parkers. That's where you were, and you've got to this point now. You know, and and the signs outside of Britlands, mate. It's it's all starting to happen for you. Talk to me about away from work, mate. Like the situation now, because you've got a couple of youngsters, didn't you? So yeah, I'm uh, yeah married with uh, twin girls. Recently turned three last week, and they take over the majority of my life uh, at the moment. So yeah, that's me, three year old twins. What are their names? Harper and Grace. So Harper and Grace, that must keep you busy, mate. Yeah, very much so. So how do you juggle that the work work life balance at the moment? Uh, they spend a lot of time working with me. Yeah. Um, certainly from the outset, setting this place up. Um, they were in here Saturdays from eight till five, lunch from a petrol station, um, helping, you know, they were two years old and painting, helping helping to set things up. Even even so now, we open on a Saturday morning. They come in here with me. They're sat on the floor doing colouring in and stuff. Builders coming in and out, having conversations. They're so well behaved. It does make my life very, very easy. I mean, there, 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 there'll be lots of people listening to that game. No way is that true. 100%. No way. No way Come is in on a Saturday true. morning. I'd say what, when, when my boys were free, there was no way. <laughs> I mean, they would be pulling things off the walls. They, they would absolutely have it, mate. It'd all be going on. But nah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. So, 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 so the Bricklayer's Mate story, yeah, you know, let, let, let's focus sort of on the here and now. So, so what do you offer the customer here, which is different to, to that experience they could have elsewhere? I tried to sort of flip things on its head slightly um, in the for brickwork contractors, house builders, local mm. man in a van, as well as the DIY market. Um, we carry sort of a significant amount of um, construction accessories, bricklaying ancillaries from stock um, with the vast majority of then everything else required being supplied direct to site. Yeah. Um, so as opposed to being a completely, I don't know, let's say non-stocking entity just offering direct site materials. I wanted to have a collection base. I wanted people to be able to come in and pick up what they'd need to get jobs started here, there and everywhere um, on the proviso that, you know, we can also supply a vast majority of the materials direct to site by keeping stock material on the likes of your wall tires, your ventilation. Um, it does then allow us access to a much broader range of products that we can then supply direct to site, the slightly more specialist stuff um, that way around. And and you know what 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 I what I love and I love seeing it in in, in sectors that I recruit for. What what I really really enjoy is seeing someone who's got that confidence to go. Do you know what I'm going to give it a go? You know, because because as a business owner myself, I, I know I know the sleepless nights. I, I know the pressure you can end up putting yourself under. And I think from 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 the perspective of actually making that decision to give it a go, you're doing it at a time in your life when you've got twin girls. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you yeah. know, so 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 was was there a master plan or, or did fate just let, did fate just lead you that way? I would certainly say fate. Yeah, I would certainly say fate. Um, the the name came about first, um, the sort of brainchild of my old man, really. Um, and everything else has just sort of really fallen into place. Yeah. I've been I've been really lucky uh, with the support I've had, certainly from family, and then you know the local builders and such like people in Crowborough being so supportive of small independent local people local business um from the outset as well as um the supplier network as well who are really keen to get involved in things that are a little bit different Mm. i think i think i think that's fair to say 
Yeah, I think I think that that's that's going to probably be one of your best USPs that you're doing something that not many other not many other people will be doing. But but you are going to be competing against some of the biggest organisations and biggest players in in the sector. So so if you look at if you I mean I go back to to my merchant days and I've been out of builders merchants actually I've not worked for one since two thousand and three. So 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 you know, that's a long long time ago. But in that time uh, up until two thousand and three I. I did everything from yard to director so I, so I'm looking at that that sector now and I'm saying I'm seeing the consolidation I'm seeing the acquisitions I'm seeing mm-hmm. the, the nationals getting bigger and then, and then like almost other ones growing um, and then you know here you are in Crowborough in East Sussex almost going toe to toe on your products against them very much so is it fun? It's, it's, it's the most enjoyable thing the, the coalface the selling the talking to customers yeah. the understanding what it is they want to achieve from their supplier is the thing I enjoy most yeah. out of this industry. That challenge of working out, you know, where we can make a difference to what to what to what the builders need, to what the contractors need, um, and being small, independent, um, and having that local connection means you know we we, we can make things work for people mm. that perhaps independents other independents nationals might struggle with yeah in, in my opinion yeah no I, I, I think i think one of the things that i've noticed that that many and, and you know i will say it because I, I, I say this in a ballroom and i say it i say it over a beer but you know I, i've seen the the big personalities you know the the, the characters that, that used to make it such an amazing amazing industry you know, you, they're, they're slightly they're starting to dwindle in certain in certain branches, or at that moment of truth. You know, the, the person behind the jump on the counter, or the person on the phone. You know, have they got the ability to go looking for for extra sales and and to actually d- build the relationships that that can make a difference? Because because I, I always remember, you know, you know when you, you go and see see customer after customer, whether they're a national national builder, house builder, whether they're a small white van man. Ultimately, they, they they want to get something special. They they want to feel they're being looked after. Um, how do you how do you do that? How do you, how do you how do you make them remember you? I think that that real personal service, um, in in my opinion, and also you know just giving people that that another option. Mm. You know whether that the, the the reason they're getting in touch with you is based on a bad experience elsewhere. Perhaps what I'm finding most often often at the moment is is bad pricing structure forcing people to look elsewhere for new business, um, for, for for a new supply chain. Mm. Um, I am finding that a lot, um, and just being able to offer that sort of real personal service and really digging into what it is they're up to at the moment and 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 how we can make a difference. I accept we're not going to be able to supply. 60, 70% of what they might well need. But what I want to make sure we are doing is the things we can do, we do really well. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I say we, I talk about the, the business and myself like we're a couple. <laughs> um, but certainly us trying to find a way of, you know, I'd rather do 10 things really well than 100 things averagely. Yeah. Hence that, you know, I don't want to be involved in all and sundry. Every single material they might be able to do, you know, we're not going to be a very good timber supplier. There's plenty of good timber suppliers out there that can do that. But what we can do I want to be very, very good at. 
Fantastic. It's powerful though, and and the, the one the one thing that you've never you've never sh- you've never been short of on is personality. So so if, if you're bringing that into it and and you and you've got your offer and you're taking it <clears> to the market, <throat> uh, I guess it's, I guess it's all to play for. But but let, let's talk about the you know the, the build up to, to to getting this going because you know it, I, I I love I love a business plan. I love when someone sort of sits there and you and you do it. But but for you, when when was the when was like the eureka moment when you thought you know I've got this you know I. I've now got an idea that I can go with and make it happen. So I, for me, I'd have to go way, way, way back to probably 2009, 2010, when I was working for Parkers. Um, and e-commerce in this industry had just become a big thing. Um, I was sort of pulled up one day from the, uh, from the trade counter at Uckfield, sat in front of a couple of directors, and it was discussed that they wanted to build an e-commerce platform um, for the business back in the day when there wasn't many. There was a few good ones but there wasn't probably as many as there are today. For many years the hiring process in KBB and construction supplies has remained static. That is until now. Boyne Jones Video is quickly transforming the historical and somewhat boring approach to recruitment often seen in our sectors. The introduction of video software built and specifically designed for the recruitment process is revolutionising the way forward-thinking employers attract and engage new staff. Working with Foyne Jones will give you the access to the best candidates, improve pre-screening, reduce your time to hire, and save you money. Video is the future of recruitment. It's so much more powerful than a CV. Visit foynejones.com for all the details. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do. So, so Ollie, what, what, what? Let's let's go back to this, 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 this sort of days gone by. It's almost like you're reminiscing quite, quite, quite fondly. I can, I can see it in your eyes about your time, about your time in the builders merchant. Talk me through the different things you got up to in those in, in your merchant days that have sort of led you to be here now. The different roles, the experiences, you know, that journey. Talk me through that. The working life, mate. So, as I as I sort of alluded to earlier on, you know, I started out at Parker's Independent back in the day. Um, at a very young age. I started off as the office junior um, for probably a short amount of time um, and, and very quickly sort of moved on to sales roles and such like. Um, having spent some time working on the tray counter at the Upfield Depot, doing a bit of back office sales, that sort of thing, um, I was then asked to run or set up and run, manage the e-commerce division for, for Parker's back when there was not many involved in e-commerce, certainly in the builders matching industry, there was a couple doing it sort of pretty well and it was a sort of brainchild of the uh, of one of the directors back then that that was something they wanted to get involved in so it was um sort of a nice project to, to start out from for myself yeah. and, and a bit of a you know a bit of a um an honor <laughs> it was an honor to have been asked you know to to to, to, have, to have done that at a young age at the time to to, to take on a project why do you like think that? they chose you because you were young because you knew the technology or because you were just like the only one standing there at the time uh, I, I, you know, I don't know the answer yeah. to that. I don't, I don't it's know the answer to that. It's interesting, because some things happen for a reason, some things happen for fate, but you know, I guess some of the experiences you had back then when you were setting something up, yeah. you know, you, you, you're going to set up an online platform, you're going to set up an, an, an offer which isn't there already. Do you know, I think, I think I could probably tell you that one thing, there are very few people in, in, certainly when I worked in that industry for that company at that time, there are very few people who could connect with people at a head office, a branch support level, as well as at a depot level. Mm. Um, and having worked in the office, the branch support centre, the head office, and having worked in the, in the shop, in the yard, that mm. sort of thing, 
I think it was very easy to to join the two, knowing going from a, a point where you're sort of directly reporting to a director, then directly reporting to a branch manager, being then asked to go back, knowing that I'd already had a rapport mm. with the people that wanted to run that section of the business. So perhaps that that might be a good indicator, and perhaps what, what it stood me in good stead, certainly going on further through my career, having an understanding of the the nuts and bolts of running the the company as a whole, as such, as well as as we said, standing on the tray counter. I think, that, I, I think that connection is, is sometimes where um, some of the manufacturers, some of the suppliers get it wrong. You know, they, they can sometimes have an amazing, you know, relationship with the buying scenes or the head office, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And, and, you know, with the directors, the, the multi-site managers. But, but the, some, and then they don't always necessarily nail it at branch level. And if you're not Fair nailing so. it at branch level, you can get some great products into stock, but if they're not getting sold, you've got your different challenges. And I always felt, felt the best suppliers that I worked with, whether it was as, when I was in a branch, when I was a rep, when I was a sales manager, sales director, the best ones <laughs> were the ones who had the passion to go and engage at the customer facing, like at branch level, Fair and so. yeah, and turn up and turn up to a manager's meeting and, and inspire the managers to, to do it. But but I think that 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 could well be one of the reasons, I guess. And you might you may not may not realise it at the time, but I, I definitely believe that there'll be things that you that you've experienced that have led you to make that leap of faith, and they've led you to actually go. Do you know what? I'm going to set something up for myself because you know you you, you someone like yourself could easily have a corporate career. You, you could easily be part of one of the big, 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 big PLCs or whatever they, you know, whatever one you want and stay there for, you know, be a lifer. And I mean that with, I mean, I mean that with love. Some of my closest friends have, have been lifers in a green and yellow or in a blue and yellow business and they've, they've gone from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, I knew sort of in, in my mid to, mid to, mid twenties, I guess, when, when, when sort of this business, when my business kicked in, that it worked for me and I had to go and try something on my own knowing that if it didn't work out, I could probably always slip back in. It's a very difficult thing to explain, but anyone who's had that feeling will know exactly how it felt. Um, Having sort of set up and and run the e-commerce department for Parkers for a number of years, whilst being involved in a a couple of other aspects of the business, um, I made a complete leap uh, and, and handed in my notes after eight years to the dismay of many. I think people would, as you sort of said there, thought I might well become a bit of a lifer there. Um, but I made the leap to move to London and go and work in recruitment. Directly competing I that, with, with Foyne Jones, yeah. Um, for me, it was very short-lived. Um, oh, man, I remember when we were talking about it a couple of years ago. You said it was the worst time of your life ever, bar none. You know yeah, what I mean? For a small-town boy moving to London, moving and, and living and, and working in London. did you move to? Uh, I lived on Lots Road in Fulham, so right by, uh, right by where you would have started out. Yeah, mate. For me, yeah. that was for me. I think one of the big things when I moved to London was I wanted to be in an area I knew, yeah. being a Chelsea fan for for as long as I have. You know, being in that area was was something that perhaps made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, but for me, you know, the the the, the living and working in London was um, was hard work. Mm. At the same time, I think with the greatest respect to some people, you know, recruitment probably wasn't for me. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, and we we did we did some we did some good work. I, I think for 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 a number of merchants, manufacturers, and such like. But for me, it wasn't. Um, mm. And then from there, as people will know, probably my name associated with um, with IQ Builders Merchant. I was I was lucky enough to be asked by Stuart to um, to go and join him over there and 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 bolt onto his business and e-commerce division, um, which I which I was, you know, honoured to, again, to have been asked to do something like that. That was something 
I've really enjoyed a real passion of mine, a business that I believe is is fantastic and will continue to grow. Um, and spent five years there, hmm. um, setting that business, uh, setting up that the online side of the business there. Um, and then from there, you know, the the itch still hadn't been fully scratched, should yeah. we say? Um, and the opportunity to do something for myself, local to home, um, and something I'm passionate about, um, cropped up, and I had to take. I, I I had that feeling. I had to make the leap for myself, for myself really. Um, I think thus far, Touchwood, seven weeks in. I believe I've made the right call, and I, I'm 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 happy with where I am right now. I think you get a feeling, you know, you you get a feeling if something's going going go, if something feels right, and and I and I talk to so many different business owners, and and, and I and I and I'm, I'm honest about this, you know, I I get much more excited on with the entrepreneurial type business owners and projects that we're working on. Um, I love every single position we work on for the large corporates because they're absolutely special, mm-hmm. but but it, it's it's looking at those businesses that, that are really trying to begin their journey or they're doing something very different, they're disrupting their space, you know, they're, they're trying to do something which is a little bit more challenging, more difficult, or sometimes, and this is where I love it, when people really know it, it's actually just like stru- so much more simple and straightforward. And, and if you could give someone a simple transaction, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like what you were doing here just now on the phone, you know, if you can give someone a simple process where they're comfortable, they want to deal with you, do you know what happens? They come back normally. Yeah. They come yeah, back. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it's that real basic, we have material, we're happy to sell it to you. Yeah. It's trading at its most basic level is yeah. probably the nicest way I can put it. You know, we have, we have material, we have access to material, whether it be from stock, direct to site, um, ordering for collection, we have it, we'll sell it. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's the way I want to be. There's none of this, you know, hidden cost prices, uh, rebates in place. You know, I, I trade with all of my suppliers on a, on a direct basis, you know. I negotiate prices for for stock, and then indeed my direct materials after that. That's what I pay for them. I set the selling prices from there. I could never get I could never get me nut around all the hidden costs and stuff. I mean, I mean, I mean, even even as a even as a sales director, you know, I would only see so much of it. And you'd like, you know, and when and when you're putting things through and they're and they're messing your accounts up because you're selling them at like a perceived loss, you, it's like you know, and then, and then as a, then you're challenging people to get their margin up. And it's I, I always I remember them days. I, I remember it fondly, but but I think I go back to the you know the, the real basics. And I learned I learned to sell on a market stall. You know, my granddad had fruit and vegetable North End Road full. So not far from where you were living, mate. Not far from Lots Road. Um, expensive postcode was in there, mate. Wouldn't you know, the SW three, SW six ballers. But you know, when you when when I look there and, and the, the basics there of you know we have got two hands of bananas. I'm going to buy them at that. I'm going to sell them at that. You know, and you're going to build a relationship with them, 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 them old ladies and then people say they're going to come back to you all the time. That that stayed with me all the way through. So mm-hmm. personality, having having asking, having fun. Making it easy for the customer, that's going to put you out there, right? But, but I've got some questions for you. You're competing with like a screw fix. You're competing with, you know, some of the, some of the different businesses now, which are, and, and I admire them, you know, screw fix are right. open every minute of every day. And, and if they have it in their stock, they deliver it. The merchants now are kind of, you know, some of them, they seem a little bit too set in their ways in terms of, you know, the way they trade. But you're competing with them. You're competing with some 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 frighteningly large European worldwide buying power. Um, do, do you sleep at night or not? You know, do you know what I mean? On occasion, yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm I'm comfortable. Yeah, uh, as a, as a small business owner, 
there's not the requirement to achieve vast, huge turnover, um, which is one thing that, as you say, does make it easier to sleep yeah. at night. You know, the, without currently the large overheads that go yeah. with running a, a larger, medium-sized business, you know, it, it does make it does make life slightly more comfortable initially. But for me, I do want to take the business to new places. Um, this isn't just going to be sort of me on my own in this shop for the no, rest I, of the time. I, I, you know, I, I, don't see, I don't see this as like a little corner shop that's going to stay there. I, yeah, I, I can no, see, I can feel the passionness into it. But you, something you said there, I think is really, really powerful. And it, and it comes down to like lifestyle. It comes down to work-life balance. But, you know, I, I made some decisions with, with, with my business, which is one of the reasons, I guess, why you ended up working in recruitment where you did. Because, you know, I moved my business. <laughs> yeah, I moved yeah, yeah. my business from London down to Sussex when I moved down here. So yeah. Harry started, you know, Harry, but Harry started secondary school in 2010. He went to Chaley. Mm-hmm. So we come out... We come out full and we come down here um the commute was killing me you know so so i i made a decision to 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 make you know to get a smaller office here and close office down in london so you know that that meant there was some natural wastage and and, you know we had some very good people that weren't part of the business anymore so that helped me with my lifestyle the the world changed you know like like your e-commerce thing the world changed the the need to press flesh and meet people is still there Mm -hmm. but you know, with with technology innovation now, you can you can be be recruit. We recruit nationwide. You know, I, I do as much work in Scotland as I do in London. But it's just yeah. people perceive that we're we're a London business. Probably my accent, probably my background. You know, I, I quite play on it. I like it to be fair. But but I'm really really intrigued to see like. How big do you want to get? What's the plans? Yeah, come on, let's talk about, we spoke, we spoke about Ollie 8. We, we now know about a 15-year-old boy that finished his exams and started working at Parker's. You took me on that journey from that, that moment when the e-commerce platform platform kicked off. The <laughs> ill-fated time <laughs> recruitment, I, I still laugh about that. And then, you know, the good times of IQ and with Stuart, you know, fantastic. And, and that, that is a fantastic business with fantastic people, mate. I've, you know, I don't know it very well, but from the outside looking in, it just seems to do so much, so many good things mm-hmm. and talk so positively about it. When you, when you start saying, right, okay, so we're seven weeks in, it's going well. Where do you think you'll be, let's say, a couple of years from now? Where would you like to be? Well, I, I already have a few sort of uh, things bubbling away for, for 2020 for ourselves. Um, the first and foremost, the biggest thing for us is additional stock holding, as you'll know from your background. You know, the more you can sit on the, the more stock you can sit on, the better price you can buy at, the, mm. the more competitive you can become. Um, for me, that is going to require additional storage. Um, there are plans in place, hopefully, to come on board 2020, which will mean we can carry a significant amount extra material from stock. Mm. Um, and from there, you know, we, we are in we are in talks with a number of local contractors, um, as well as a couple of large house builders in regards to supplying all of their construction accessories. Mm. Um, one thing I want to try and do differently from anyone else out there at the moment is I want to get to a point where we can supply to these sites on a same day service. Um, we are blessed in the southeast to have so much large-scale development going on at the moment for people in for, for people in this industry. Mm. You know that's fantastic, um, but to be able to bring them something different, you know, cutting the price up by ten p ain't always going to be the way you're going to go away and gain lots of business. But to be able mm. to offer that service whereby you need it, we've got it, you can have it now, um, is something that we we still struggle with, and one of the reasons I'm you'll see from the stock holding here anything in here could fit in the the boot of a car or in a small van um to be able to get those materials to site sites can't have people off site 
They mm. can't not have material. Do you need me to drop any fit off on the way back, mate? Anyway, <laughs> for one of your punters. We and Callum would do that for you, Fun, mate. Funnily yeah. enough, I can yeah. think of a couple of things if need uh, be. It would surprise me, mate, if you did that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Drop that one off, drop that one off. It's on the way. But for me, that's uh, that's for me. I think is is a big thing. Certainly, speaking to a couple of the house builders that we yeah. w- we want to be involved with on a larger scale, um, you've got to offer something different. And you know, if if you're saying to them, wall ties, insulation, damp course, within give us a couple of hours, we get it to site. Yeah. And by just capturing the local business, rather than trying to go after you know big sites in Bath and Bristol and all, and all over the place, you know, if I can if I can offer that real tailored service to to local business whether that be large-scale development for 100 houses or man and a van doing a single-storey extension, that speed is something that, in my opinion, will, I'd like to say, further stand us out in the industry at the moment, where Mm. there is, you know, there's a lot of option out there for people. But so, it, do you know, I think that, that being able to react, being being able to respond to what a customer needs, what a partner needs at that time, if they need it and you can respond, mm-hmm. you, you're going to be going that little bit further than others. I mean, there's a, you know, too, too many businesses say no before they say yes. Too many pe- people say no before they even consider it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're actually saying, no, we will make it happen for you. Um, you know, you know the the building contractor doesn't remember the ninety nine things you got right. They remember the one thing you got wrong. Yep. Yeah, that, of course they do. That, that's the world. Do you know what I mean? But if you can put yourself up there where they know you're going at it, you've got such a better opportunity than, than the average. And that's where you got to keep putting yourself. I, I think. I think uh, for a for, for a business, for a merchant, for however you want to you want you want to label it. For years, we've been trying to to talk builders into you know be more organised. Things take three to five days. Mm. No matter how hard you try, it never works that way. It's got to be same day, next day, or, or it's not at all. The number of inquiries you get through the website where people are saying, you know, oh, I need this today. Well, where are you? We're in Durham. Oh, we're in Sussex. You know, how have you got to the point where that's not on site? So we can try and educate people and, you know, we can say, you know, you've got to be more organised, etc., etc. But actually, by, by being able to offer the answer and say, yeah, we can do that. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be for a hundred thousand items. It might be for a thousand, fifteen hundred that you're carrying from stock. But just being able to have that um, will will stand us in good stead, I think, going forwards. Yeah. In my opinion, that's the way I want to take this. I think I think that that you know that that education. I mean, I remember as a nineteen year old rep, you know, calling on calling on disorganised building mm-hmm. contractors in South East London. You know, who didn't who needed stuff tomorrow? They needed it yesterday. You know, yeah, yeah. And that that's never going to go away. That that that's the nature. That's no, the nature so. of construction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that way. Um, you're you you're going to fill that need. And, and the other thing I really like, and and, and it's come through a lot. I love the fact that you're you're really getting in touch with like your local community, your local neighbourhood. Lo- do you know what I mean? That that that's really nice in a way. And and, and you, you mentioned before that the, the business, you know, people are supporting each other in the, in the area. I think that's powerful because that has to be the future. You know, people 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 have been on my podcast. They've been on different episodes. You know, brick bricks and mortar retailing. You know, what's the future of bricks and mortar retailing? Is there a future for it? You know, every time I put the news on, there's another like well-known brand that's that's, that's in trouble. And and I think there is a future. There's a future for every business, but it's just trying to understand the right route to market. Oliver A. Gate, the Britlands mate. I think you have got a great name. I think you've got a great offer. I think you're bringing your experience from Parker's IQ into something very very different. I wish you every success, mate. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Let's be honest. Finding a new job is hard for everyone. 
It can be scary, exciting, and frankly, at times, terrifying, which is why Foyne Jones have introduced our Time for Change services. Working with our team of industry-specific recruiters will improve all aspects of your job search, giving you the confidence to showcase yourself in a crowded environment. Our specialist services include employability workshops, one-to-one -one career coaching, CV clinics, social media strategy, personal branding, and video introductions to target employers. With prices ranging from just £150, there is a specialist support available for everyone. So if you feel that now is your time for change, visit foynjones.com and begin a process that will change your life for the better. We are Foyne Jones and this is what we do. This is going to be a difficult part of the podcast for me, Mr. Agate, the Bricklayer's mate. Um, I bring football personality and passion into every single episode. Um, but I've got a Chelsea fan sitting in front of me, mate, haven't I? Especially so, uh, for you as well. I, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at a signed Frank Lampard <laughs> shirt as well. So it's, like, it's almost like, um, it's, almost like it's, it's meant to be. But, but I say this a lot. I'm, I'm probably one of, the, one of the Fulham fans that don't really sort of see Chelsea as a rival because I, I grew up in Fulham, so I used to watch both, always supported Fulham. Um, and, you know, we never played each other all through my childhood. So it's only been, been, a, been, a, been a recent thing. Uh, during those 13 years in the Premier League um, that I've seen us play each other and it got a little bit back but for me our rivals have always been Brentford and Queen's Park Rangers what I want to know is why Oliver Agate the Britlands mate is a Chelsea fan Oliver Agate uh, the Agate connection um, my granddad uh, played well played played in golf for Chelsea in the 50s and 60s he was Peter Benetti's understudy had Peter Benetti Number two not, to the cat, eh? There you go. Had he not, I saw, I saw a thing this weekend. Peter Benetti made his was it 600 Chelsea appearances. If he'd have got injured once or twice, the old man might have played a few more games. But that's where the connection came from. He, he did the rounds after Chelsea, Charlton, Colchester before settling at um, Burgess Hill for a while. But that's where the Burgess Hill Town, from. a mighty Burgess Hill Town. There you go. Dude. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that's where the connection comes from for me. Do you play? I badly. Yeah. I have done. Prior to the kids being born, I played football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, train on a Tuesday. Um, since the kids come along, that's probably the one thing I I have lost um, is my footballing ability. Um, no, not at any particularly yeah. good level, but no, but I, you know I, I I still enjoy it when I get the opportunity to. I do still enjoy it. So 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 Chelsea. How do you think it's going this season? I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it just it, 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 for the first time in so many years, we're not in the papers for bad for any real bad reason. I think Ross Barkley getting drunk in Dubai is about the worst thing that's happened this season. You know, um, things are going well, and everyone else around us is either falling apart or falling apart. Hmm. You know, not a weekend goes by where one of the other. People chasing the top four are dropping points, you know. My father-in-law's Chelsea. I mean, he sort of supported Fulham and Chelsea, but Jimmy Greaves took him to Fulham and uh, Jimmy Greaves, watching Jimmy Greaves converted him to be a Chelsea yeah. fan. Um, whereas I was the other way, whereas my granddad was Johnny, like, like Dooley Ains, and that's why I went to Fulham. But, you know, me, so many of my family are Chelsea fans, my brother-in-law, you know. And, and when I'm talking to them, they're so like, it's just a great time. To, like, it's just a great time now. You know, you've got your youngsters coming through, you've got Frank and Jody. Jody's a Fulham boy, I know Jody. Like, like, so, 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 so watching Jody play as a kid, you know, around the flats, and then watching him play wearing a shirt, you, you've got that attachment there. And he knows that he knows them academy players. 
Lampard, I believe, is going to be a future England manager. That, that's my opinion. I think he's just—he's very, very intelligent. He, yeah, he's an amazing player, but he's got a brain and he's he, he handles himself so yeah. well. Yeah, and, and, and I really do. It's one of the things like we've, we've got Scotty Parker, and, and and I just think it's great now where you've got Scott Parker, Gerard Lampard actually going into management rather than sitting in the TV studio. So I, I think that's or, or on the wireless. I mean, that, I, I think that's it's easy to be a pundit. It's hard to make your way as a gaffer, as a manager. Uh, yeah, all right. You could say you could say Frank Frank taking the Derby job was was you know he did okay. He did okay with Derby, didn't he? But I mean the draw the draw of draw of him going to Chelsea is amazing. Um, and we'll see we'll see where it pans out. Really, we'll see where it pans out. Where was your first? Where was your first game? Where'd you first go? Oh, I must have been nine or ten years old. Stamford Bridge, Matthew Harding lower. We lost one 0 to West Ham. Michael Dubry scored an own goal. Dubs. There you go. That's yeah. that's my that's my my first game. Yeah. I, I mean, Dubs won't remember this, but I've had a beer with him, Jody, Frank Sinclair. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is Eddie Newton. He was there as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Putney. Yeah, we had a beer, beer that time. But, but I mean, this. I mean, I remember going to Chelsea when um, I used to put the barrow out for me, for my granddad, and I used to used to give me a couple of quid. So I used to go go and like watch Chelsea. But that's when they had the dog track, you know, like like the dog track around the ground. And, yeah, the oh stairs. yeah. I mean, <laughs> at, at the old days, mate. And I used to go in the shed or the benches back then. You pay like a quid and just go in. It was fine. So, so I remember that, those days there, and and then you know the transformation, I guess, and uh, I don't know. It's 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 really interesting to see where where they go because have they still got a transfer ban? Or did they peel it? Did they? Did they peel you, it? I suppose we were due to hear first week of December. Yeah. But if you listen to um, to the talk coming out of the club, Bruce Buck saying, "Let's see what Roman does in the next transfer window." It would probably appear that we might get past that and be able to sign a couple in January. I don't think we need many. Yeah. I think we do need a world class centre back but we shall see So, what we're going to do is we're going to go to my favourite part of the podcast, Lonnie. We're going to go to the Foyne Jones penalty shootout. You're the only one playing, so you can't really use. I've got five prepared questions for you. Um, each one of them is the equivalent of a penalty. And we're going to see how you get on. You ready to go? Let's go for it. Oliver Agate, the Britlands, mate. Foyne Jones penalty shootout. We good to go, Callum? Let's go. Okay. Favourite player for penalty number one, past or present? Frank Lampard. He's sitting under the shirt. I mean, do you know what I mean? So, uh, okay. Best goal you've ever seen? Live? Yeah, let's go live. I know, it's Maurice Volk's goal against Fulham, when it's against Chelsea's equaliser from Volk. Or maybe it was Carlos Bocanegra. I think probably just for the celebration and how it all went, recently, Reese James scoring his first goal against Ajax, um, being there in the moment was that was the 4-4 yeah that was the 4 all to make yeah. it 4 all that was insane I ended up about three and a half rows in, where I, in front of where I was initially Reese James I did, I, yeah I mean I, I don't know I was thinking maybe like a, maybe, maybe a job bar or, or maybe something from, yeah, from, I mean, from see, Frank see but... live, oh, well, the answer to the question probably is the best goal I've ever seen live I went to Chelsea Tottenham years ago and Gareth Bale scored a worldie but I didn't want to say that no <laughs> okay so Number one, favourite player, past or the present, is Frank, Frankie Lampard. Favourite goal, recently, three and a half rows away from your seat, Reese James, 4-4. Um, what's been your heartbreaking moment as a Chelsea fan for penalty number three? 
John Terry slip. <laughs> I mean, I'm, la- so I'm, la- many, I'm laughing so to many myself. Man United fans. Yeah. Um, I just always remember when that game finished, my old man got up from the sofa, turned the telly off, sat back down, and he pulled a red lighter from his pocket and he said, That's why we lost. The red lighter in my pocket the whole game. If it was a blue one, he reckons we'd have won. But yeah, heartbreaking. That was um, terrible. No, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, look, a couple of years later, wasn't it? You know, it was in the stars and, you know, mm. it, it, it is what it is. But I think that, that I mean, I, I heard recently, like, that, that John Terry was interviewed about it. And they said, how often do you think about it? He says, like, every day. Yeah, I don't he said, that. He said, every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. Every single day. All right. Different question. We don't. We don't. We start to bring this one in in series two of the pop and the Floyd Jones show because I want to bring a little bit more, uh, a little bit more about the real football culture into it. What's your favourite chant at Chelsea? We only have two or three, don't we? <laughs> so the jokes go. My favourite chant at Chelsea. My favourite Chelsea song. His name is Tommy Baldwin. He's the leader of the team. But you know that's a very old one. One man went to my. One man went to a. Okay. Excellent. And. For penalty number five, gun to your head, where do you think you finish this season? Third. So you went Frankie, Frank and Jody are gonna get you to third in the Premier League with with all them young players. Exactly that. I mean it is I mean, I mean we've got to say it, you know, when you've got Mason Mount, you've got Tammy, you got you got them coming through, there is something quite exciting about that, isn't there? There's yeah. something quite I, I, something say, quite special. I think we'll finish third and we won't be a single top six team all season. The rate we're going, I don't think we'll be anybody else. We'll just we'll, we'll finish that. Okay, so let's summarise the penalty shootout. Your favourite player, Frankie Lampard. Favourite goal, Rhys James. JT Slip in uh, in Moscow. One man went to Mo and number three for the season. That's, That's the end of the Floyd Jones penalty shootout, Oliver. Thank That's you, great. sir. Oliver, Britland's mate, what a great penalty shootout that was. Uh, and I don't like it, but I keep, I can't, I keep looking at Frank Lampard's shirt. It's always, it's always like, it's like, he's just drawing me to it all the time. I'm going to have to cover that up, I think. Okay, so listen, Ollie, it's been great to get you on the show. Um, it's been great to come down here and just get a feel for what you're starting to do. Um, I, I genuinely mean this. I, I wish you every success in for now with a family, but just to keep, Keep believing. Make this happen. I'm sure you're going to be successful. Um, want to give you the chance as well, just to, just for people, if they want to get in touch with you to understand what you're doing, they can get in touch with you through me. They can message me on LinkedIn. Um, but, you know, from your perspective, mate, is, is there anything you want to close the show off? Anything you want to talk about before before we finish? Anything you want to say to the listeners and our social media connections? For me, I just, I just want to say initially, thanks to uh, Peter and Callum for coming down today. It's been an honour to have been asked to get involved in the show. Um, I appreciate that. For anyone who does want to sort of find out more about myself, the business, yeah, do do get in touch, whether that be through Peter, through myself. Find us online, bricklayersmate.com, you know, or pop down. Come see us in Crowborough. Kettle's on. Anyone's welcome. Callum loved that earlier, mate. We, when, when we was uh, we were a little bit late, he said, <laughs> oh, kettle's on, mate. Is it, is it, yeah. but, but that personal touch makes such a difference. And, and I genuinely believe that you've got something quite special here so we wish you every success that's from me that's from the Foy Jones show Oliver Agate the Britlands mate thank you very much we're Foy Jones this is what we do
So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do. Thank you.